Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. Uh, my guest is Jade Nelson. Uh, she's a speaker and a coach uh, talking about the ketogenic diet and as it uh, relates to epilepsy. Um, so we're going to be talking about all that stuff. So Jade, how are you today? I'm good. And yourself? Good. Yeah. But- so tell me what, what got you into the world of, uh, of keto and especially the epilepsy part of it? Well, uh, simply put, I... I personally have epilepsy, and I've had it for 31 years, and about three years ago, I was on a medication that my third, I was on three different medications, and it just wasn't going well at all. I was quite sick, and my sister mentioned it. I looked into it, and I just kind of went down the rabbit hole of the keto lifestyle, so that's kind of how I found it. Yeah, Yeah, with, um, I know with, with keto, it's you know, for a lot of people, it's very difficult for them to adhere to the diet strictly. And, you know, I know, I guess, you know, unfortunately uh, for epilepsy, what I've heard just anecdotally is you have to be very strict on it in order for it to impact epilepsy positively. Is that, is that what you found? Or um, you can be a little bit lax and maybe go, you know, 60, 70% fat and, you know, the rest protein, that kind of thing. So it's, it's basically different for everybody. So it's, very bio-individuality wise different. So what I need versus what someone else with epilepsy needs are two very different things. But for me, I went extremely strict from the beginning. I went a very classic keto approach um, where I was weighing my food and tracking everything down to the gram. And that's Mm. how I did it for the first whole year. I really wanted it to work and I wanted success with it. And I felt to do that, I had to go all in in that way. But there are many people that find success doing more of a modified Atkins approach or more of a low carb approach or they don't track. It's just, it really varies. But for me, I take in probably 80% fat is what my fat intake is. And my carbs are like less than 20 grams a day and my protein varies between 40 and 60 grams a day so it kind of it's different for everybody well what did you notice once you started on the diet you know what how did it affect you and how long did it take so for me at that point I wasn't having really too many seizures but the medication side effects are what really pushed me towards trying something different and what I noticed right away was the brain clarity I had um, and the emotional um, uplift I had. I didn't feel so depressed. Um, I had a lot more energy. Um, I used to be the kind of person that needed a nap every single afternoon and that I didn't need that. And then my seizures and I stopped having any like fours during the day. All of that went away. And it was more to me, it was more of an emotional change. And then I was coming off one of the meds, and I think that helped as well. But it was physically my body felt better. I was happier. I'm more alert. And then my brain just 
and this is always sounds crazy when I say this, but it just felt different. <laughs> That's well, the only way I, I can explain it. <laughs> no, it's not crazy at all. I mean, everyone has emotions and feelings. So, mm-hmm. I mean, why is it, uh, at least I think, why is it so crazy that, you know, what you eat affects you in a good or a bad way emotionally, you know, or differently. So it makes sense. Oh, I mean, it makes sense to me. It sounds like it makes sense to you. But if you talk to the everyday person on the street, it's really hard to say, like, simply Mm. making that choice to change my eating literally altered my whole entire being and my personality. Well, you know what I realized, um, you know, when you eat better, you feel better and Mm -hmm. you end up treating the people around you better. You know, if you're if you feel like crap from the stuff you're eating because it's bad, you know, you'll tend to yell at your kids more. You'll tend to be mean to your spouse. You'll tend to you know, have a shittier interactions with people. But if you feel better, you'll treat people around you better. So that's the, that's the thing about diet that I don't really hear anyone talking about, but that's what I noticed personally. So I don't know if yes. you noticed the same thing or not. I definitely do. I noticed how much happier I was and the way I viewed the world was different as in I saw the positive and not the negative. And I wanted to connect with people differently. And I had more patience and more understanding and all of that because my body wasn't screaming at me. My seizures weren't acting up. My body wasn't hurting. I didn't have tons of medication side effects to like muscle all of that, you know, and just make you when you feel like crap, like you said, you do, you lash out because when we feel bad, we want other people to feel bad just because that's Mm. what happens. And it's, not the most beautiful thing with human nature, but it, it tends to happen. So, so what, um, what were some of the initial foods that you tried? And then what did you have to fine tune to make it work for you? Because I, you know, I, I'm guessing it probably wasn't like you started eating and everything was, you know, hunky-dory. You probably had some, some challenges. So what, what were they? I did. Um, I did have challenges. And I definitely tweaked my diet over. And I, I haven't stopped tweaking it. I change it all the time. Um, but when I started out, um, what was happening is I was taking in too much protein and, uh, I don't know if you know this or or your listeners know this, but when you take in too much protein, there's this thing that happens in the body called gluconeogenesis, where your body can only process so much protein. And when you give too much of it and the body can't utilize it, it turns it into glucose or sugar. So that can throw you out of ketosis. So in the beginning, that was my biggest struggle. I was, I think I was taking in 80 or 90 grams of protein and that was too much for my body. So Mm. I had to learn how to tweak that. And the things I ate in the beginning was a lot of eggs, bacon. Um, I had like this cheeseburger casserole I made. I used heavy cream pretty regularly. Um, and I incorporated some cheese and I ate a lot of broccoli, cauliflower, um, like spring mix lettuce stuff with lots of, um, I used to make a lot of heavy uh, fat dressings and put that on mm-hmm. there. So that's kind of how I've changed it. But as the years have progressed, like uh, November in November, I am hitting three years on the diet. I don't eat near like I used to. In the beginning, I ate still like three meals a day. Now, today, like, I have a fat coffee in the morning or a fat tea. Like right now I'm off caffeine, so it's tea. And then I'll mm. have one meal, sometimes two a day now. So it's definitely altered um, how much I need to eat. And a lot of the times I have to remind myself to eat because um, being on this diet, you don't, because you're eating a higher fat diet, you don't need 
near the amount of food and you don't, it forces you not to feel hungry all the time. So you have to kind of sometimes, for me, I don't have a ton of extra fat sitting on my body. So I have to make sure I'm giving that to my body. Otherwise, um, it'll tap into my muscles and use that. And that's not a good thing. (laughs) Well, um, you know, if the keto diet is mostly about having fat, what did you, what did you change over the past few years? I mean, you know, why, why were you eating three meals a day back then? And why are you now so full that you don't have to eat that? Are you eating like even more fat? What do you think your body like adapted to it somehow? Well, so in the beginning, I couldn't seem to get enough fat. And so I, Hmm. it took a while to figure out how to do that. And then basically my body has become fat adapted. So it utilizes when I do give it the energy more efficiently, I believe, or feel for myself that it doesn't need near the amount of food to function as well. So it's just changed. And there are phases where I may eat more, but overall I eat a lot less than I used to, but it's predominantly now a lot of fat and protein and less carbs even than when I started. Yeah, I think um, what I noticed, you know, I tried keto for a while. I'm still doing it, but it's not as strict as I'm sure you are. Mm-hmm. I noticed that I would be like, you know, I would eat and have a lot of fat, but I'd be starving like 15 minutes later. And I remember like one night I had like six eggs and bacon yeah. and I was still hungry. And I was like, what the hell? This is crazy. Mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> and after a while, then it wasn't so bad. But I remember I was like ravenous at first. It was, yep. it was crazy. I would eat a big dinner. And because I had no carbs, I'd be like, 15 minutes later, I was, you know, hungry again. Yeah, and it's funny you say that because the first six months, all I felt like I was shoveling food into me nonstop. I kept saying to my husband, I'm starving, I'm starving. And I, I ended up losing a lot of weight in the beginning, too. And I think I wasn't mm. getting enough calories. So it, would take, it, took, it took a long time to learn how to do it right. And um, I was the same way. I, every time I was like, I'm starving, I'm hungry, I still want more food. <laughs> So, yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. I remember we were traveling once and we were like in Amsterdam and, you know, I was hungry and um, they had like these breakfast sandwiches on baguettes and I ordered five of them because I threw all the baguettes in a big pile and I just had yeah. the eggs and the bacon in them, you know, but I needed mm-hmm. to do that to get enough food and it looked mm-hmm. crazy, but that's what I had to do and it worked, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Did everybody stare at you? Yeah, they did. Yeah. And I, <laughs> you feel bad because you feel like you're quote unquote wasting, but it's right. not a waste. It's just not good for you, you know, so it's, uh, I couldn't have it. So, you know, now, now I'm better with it. Yeah. It's very different. Yeah, another thing I noticed, I don't know if you noticed this is like, um, you know, you crave sugar like everyone does, but after a while you stop craving sugar. And I've, I've been able to get to the point where I could sit there and someone could be eating like, you know, a cookie or apple pie or whatever. And it, it doesn't bother me at all. I don't feel the, the urge to have the sugar anymore, but that took probably like almost two months for it to work for me. I don't know. How about, what was your experience with that? Well, I was very much a sugar addict. I loved my sweets with every single meal. So I honestly, it took me almost a year to get over that. I never cheated, but I definitely still felt like I wanted something sweet a lot um, mm. through the first year. But eventually now I can sit in a restaurant. Everybody can order things just like you said. And I have no desire for wanting it at all. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> What, yeah, so whatever, um, you know, I've talked to a lot of people, again, that have done this diet, but, you know, what I think people need help with is, again, tips and tricks when they fall into problems. So, you know, what are some of the, like, again, some of the early issues you had and what did you do to fix them? You know, what if you were in a place where it was hard to get the stuff you needed? Did you take stuff with you or 
you know, any, and again, any tips and tricks you noticed that would help people? Yeah. So when I first um, started out, I kind of tried three years ago, there wasn't near the amount of products you can find now that are more keto friendly, but Mm. I, I found a company called F bomb and they made uh, little packets of oil, olive oil, avocado oil, macadamia nut oil, um, MCT oil, all of it. And I, I carried those when I traveled and um, now they also make a nut butter line, but I carry those in my bag. I have this thing called a go bag and it has Mm -hmm. those things. And then it also has like usually some, some kind of beef sticks or some kind of, um, you know, uh, portable kind of meat thing that's packaged. Um, And then I also carry coconut oil packets that I get at Trader Joe's so I can put my coffee and stuff. I also use, some empty uh travelable uh, powdered mct oil and that's another thing i use for traveling so it's easier just to get it through um uh onto the airplane basically and so i use a lot of that stuff on like a traveling day-to-day you know going out and about so i don't have to worry about it i also always when i travel i cook up a pound to two pounds of bacon and i carry it in my bag with me and then, <laughs> what are the what are the dogs at the dogs at the airport must be sniffing on you, right? <laughs> yes. No, I love it. I love saying this whenever I'm interviewed because everybody bursts out laughing. Um, and so uh, I do that, and then I always carry an avocado in my purse. Like right now, I I am sitting here in the car waiting to go to the movie theater. I have an avocado That's in funny. my purse to, to be able to have that with my burger tonight. <laughs> So those are some of the the tricks that I I use um, in relation to carrying food. And Mm. I do that to try to get around it because I don't really believe in this excuse that there was nothing there for me to eat. Right, yeah. Um, Well, you know, in in certain places, when you look at them through the, the keto lens, there is nothing just about. Like if you go to, let's say, Starbucks, there's there's almost nothing there that you can have like of all the food items there's like they have like maybe almonds but a lot of them have sugar in them like there's literally like one or two items that maybe you could have there and nothing else there is good or if you go well, to a I, convenience store like you know it's amazing mm-hmm. yes and it's i think it's getting easier and better and better but this is where i always tell people be responsible and carry the stuff in your bag because there's plenty of stuff mm. you can buy in advance so you don't end up in a place where you can't get anything and you know, you're right. like, yeah, like, you're right. you know, and the Starbucks does have things. They have these little lunchable <laughs> things that have meat and cheese and stuff. And yes, they have the crackers in it. Just don't eat the crackers, you know. And it's, right. you know, or order the egg muffin thing, and like you do, throw throw the bread away. So I think yeah. there are ways around it. It's just no, it's not people. It's not catered to this type of lifestyle. And three years ago, it sure it was even harder. Um, I yeah. cannot even tell you how much it has changed since I started. It just blows my mind. So Yeah, one one friend of mine, you know, I've been encouraging him to do it and he's like, Oh, it's expensive and I say, Yeah, it is. You are gonna spend more. But is it worth your health to spend a little bit more or to eat cheap garbage? I mean you tell me. So so he actually did it and he's like, Oh, I feel so much better. I said, Well, mm-hmm. there you go, you know. So yeah. it's a, a little bit you of a trade off, but you gotta do it. Yeah. And I think 
it doesn't have to be expensive because my grocery bill actually went down when we started keto because like I said, we eventually stopped, like my husband does it with me too. We don't eat near as often as we did. So we're, I, I, was, I was throwing away food because it was going bad. I was realizing we weren't eating as much. So we were able to start cutting back because when you add fasting into that, that assists and helps with that. But also, you don't have to buy all the keto products out there or the most expensive stuff. You can do it within a budget. I think it's totally doable. Um, and I feel like I save more now than I did okay. before. Yeah, that's my personal experience. Some people do feel like it is expensive. And yes, if you go out and you buy all of the products that everybody's talking about, but you don't need it because you really only need real food. Mm. Well, I was going to ask you, do you take exogenous ketones, you know, like the BHB powders or liquids? Have you tried those? So I do. I have one brand called Ketologic I use occasionally, but I don't do it on a daily basis at all. I, I, call, I like to use those as like a, I call it a buffer. So mm-hmm. if, because as women, our ketones can be affected by our hormones, but certain times of the month, it, the ketones drop. There's nothing I can do about it. I can eat fat so I'm blue in the face, but they're going to drop. And so uh, it's I use that usually maybe once a month just to kind of buffer it, just for my own worry of if I had a breakthrough seizure. But I do not use them on a daily basis um, because they don't – you have to keep doing it throughout the day. You know, it's not like you just – take your dose in the morning and it keeps your ketones high they they work through the system basically so i like to use them more as a buffer and i i do sometimes utilize them when i'm traveling too because stress can of course lower ketones and i just use it more like a buffer (laughs) okay yeah um since you've been on this diet uh do you have no seizures at all or you just have them still occasionally or how much benefit has it brought you um, so basically I have, I haven't had uh, a complex partial or very large breakthrough seizure since I started. I do occasionally wow. have auras, um, which some people consider those seizures. I consider them mornings and mine happen usually at night, right when I'm dozing off to sleep. Um, and that only happens probably once every three, four or five months. It's like now it's so whenever, and it usually coincides with hormone fluctuation so and my doctor has said there's not a whole lot we can do about that but if that's the only thing you're dealing with then that's that's improvement that's seizure free so yeah yeah well you brought up something interesting i haven't thought of you know because i'm not a woman what um Mm -hmm. how is the ketone diet the ketogenic diet different for women in order for them to do it successfully what would you recommend they do differently from then then well, I think some women, like, um, they may need more carbs at certain points of the month. I've read in different uh, places um, just because that's the way our body works. But you got to remember, in my case, I'm doing it for therapeutic purposes, and I want to be seizure-free. I don't mind if I have other issues. But I don't think there's anything hugely different. Of all the women I've talked to, they all pretty much do their own thing and it's they have to figure out their own carb load and their own fat intake and different things like that but it does Mm. you know like if if our if your calories are too low and you're not getting enough nutrients 
you'll get what's called menorrhea, which means your period will go away. That's not a good thing for a woman. So making sure you have the, the right macronutrients is key, and you'll have to play with that um, to figure that kind of thing out. So if you started the ketogenic right. diet and your, your period disappears, that's a problem. And you want to okay. look at what's going on. Like, is it I'm not getting enough, you know, fat? Is it not enough protein? You know, what is it? And, and tweaking it and playing with it. And that's where I tell people, you got to treat yourself like you're a walking, living experiment. Because what works right now might not work in 10 years, might not work in six months. Because we're always changing. Our, our bodies are different, everybody, men and women. And our environments change, our stress levels change, and we have to be willing to be flexible with that. Right, yeah, it makes sense. Um, and then uh, intermittent fasting seems to be a pretty helpful tool along with keto, and I guess you're you're headed in that direction, or you're in that direction because you only eat, you said, once or twice a day sometimes, right? Yeah, so basically my last meal could be around 6 or 7 at night, and then I won't have anything usually till the next morning at 9. So that's an inter that's intermittent fasting. Um, I used to be really religious about it and fast pretty solid. Now I just kind of listen to my body and sometimes I'll fast for 24 hours and forget that I did that. So, you know, hmm. just because I, I have enough energy, I feel good, I don't feel hungry, so I don't, I don't eat. One of the yeah. new things I've been noticing with my body, though, is if, if I eat too many now, what used to be, so you've got the carbohydrates. And my carbohydrate limit seems even lower now. Even when I only eat like 10 carbs, it can make me feel sleepy now because mm. my body doesn't utilize, isn't accustomed to utilizing that as a fuel source. So that's my personal like observation for my own body. And then talking to some other women, I was just like, I don't. And when someone said something about this, I go, oh, is that what that might be? So when I eat too many carbs in a sitting, I'll get a little that like, you know, sleepy feeling um so it it changes so the body yeah. and how it works yeah, i noticed that too like if i have a substantial amount of carbs i just feel like whoa horrible mm -hmm. and i i regret it immediately so i now i'm able not to do it but uh every once in a while you know you kind of get trapped in it mentally and uh but but yeah it, it affects you a lot unfortunately once you're not yeah. used to it so yeah I remember when I was in the, like college, I would drink like a whole gallon of orange juice while I was studying, you know, or eat like a whole pint of ice cream every night. No problem. You know, now if, mm -hmm. there's no way <laughs> it would just kick your ass, you know, <laughs> unfortunately. Oh, you'll pay for it. You'll pay for it later. Yeah. yeah. So what, what kind of, uh, what, what's your work like in the, the keto field right now? You, as your okay. speaker and a coach, what do you, what kind of programs do you have and what do you do for people? So basically... I I'm, I consider myself an advocate for epilepsy and the ketogenic diet, and my my professional experience and studies revolve around community health, massage therapy, and self care and stuff like that. You know, wellness. But my my own personal journey uh, into the ketogenic diet kind of led me down a road because a lot of people started reaching out and asking for help because there really wasn't a lot of hands-on assistance on how to go about the diet, especially for adults with epilepsy, because it's been cornered as a diet specifically for children in pediatrics. They really, mm. they say adults can't stick to it. And 
I can tell you and I test you. I've met enough people that people can stick to it. But what I do is I do a lot of, um, I wrote an ebook and it basically has all my tips and tricks and everything I learned in that first year. And then I also do some lifestyle type coaching where I'll go like in Austin where I live, I'll go to people's homes and do like a a session where I cook with them and teach them how to cook. Because when you've never eaten this way, you don't know how to incorporate the fat. You don't know how to make Mm. it work. So I do a little of that. And then I also do like some Q&A sessions one-on-one with people. And I also go to like epilepsy support groups, uh, community centers, and I talk with people and I do a thing called keto talks where I share a bit of my story and like kind of give an informational of how to start doing the ketogenic diet and then, you know, give people all the information. And, and sometimes I even am able to bring products uh, from different companies for people to share because I've been really blessed with companies wanting to support what I'm doing because I'm working specifically with people with neurological conditions. So that's kind of what I do. And then I'm also a massage therapist in Austin and I, and I, and I work with my clients that way. And then the whole keto piece kind of brought it full circle and became this whole, like this is whole body care. This just isn't me working on the muscles. This is like, okay, muscle pain. And a lot of this issues could be related to the food people are eating. So I kind of incorporate that into my work as well. Teaching. You mentioned you had fatigue every day, like you would have to take a nap every day. Yeah, I had it really bad. I literally would crash every day at two o'clock. Didn't matter. And what do you think? uh, I guess it was just diet or what do you attribute that to? I think some of it was related to how taxing the medication I was on. So I'm a lot less medication than I was um, three years ago, a a lot less. Mm. And I'm continuing to titrate off every couple months. But I think the medication played a role, and I do believe the diet, because to be really honest with you, I ate a high-carb, high-sugar diet. I I ate paleo, but I still ate a lot of sugar, and I ate a lot of baked goods. Mm. And when you, have, when you have a diagnosis and it just isn't going the way you want, and it's like living in this crazy roller coaster, sometimes you end up using food as a way to feel better. And it doesn't really make you feel better. It just tends to make you feel worse. Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah. All right, well, very good. What's um? So, where can people get your ebook, and how can they get in touch if they want help, if they want you to come speak, if they, you know, I don't know if you do personal coaching or if they have an organization they want you to come in and speak to. What's the best way? The best way to find me is you can find me at my website at jadenelson.net. You can also find me on Instagram at the Train Inside Me, as well as Facebook at the Train Inside Me. So those are the three places people can find me. They can find my ebook there. They can find all the contact information if they want me to come speak at their work or wherever they want, or if they want to have some private sessions and different stuff. So that's basically the best way people can find me. Okay. Well, that's great. Yeah. Jade, I'm glad you're here. And, uh, you know, it's a great story that you have. And it's, uh, it's good that you help people, you know, with, with keto, especially people with epilepsy. So thanks for coming on the podcast. Yes, thank you so much for having me. It was it was wonderful. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.